pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, And welcome in. We have reached Tuesday. Great to have you with us. And uh, let's get going with a lot of things happening right now. Some great guests will be uh, joining us. And, of course, your phone calls in just a couple of moments. UK is in the news. Liam Cohn, remember, he was there. Then he left. Then he came back. And then it looked like he was leaving again, but he's back. Liam Cohn flirted with the Chicago Bears. But he's a cat, at least for now. Texas A&M has named R.C. Slocum, the former coach, as the interim AD as Ross Bjork takes off for Ohio State. R.C. did this a couple of years ago when Scott Woodward left. Well, tr- well trusted and respected by everyone. Tyler Booker, talking the transfer portal. He's not going to be like Caleb Downs and Bond and saying he is staying at Alabama. Did anyone think he was leaving? Did you have him leaving? Tyler, we're happy you're staying. We'll talk to you soon. Meanwhile, let's uh, talk about what we are going to be doing here on this Tuesday afternoon. Tim Couch. In the 90s, he was the number one quarterback in the country. He chose Kentucky, surprising a lot of people. It turned out to be a good decision for both. He was the number one pick in the draft. Titus O'Neill, great player at Florida, now in the WWE, which is all over the news today with a new $5 billion deal with Netflix. Tom Hart, Dane Bradshaw, and Alyssa Lang. They'll be there in Columbia. Big game there later. Cats are in town. And we are ready for your phone calls here at 855-242-7285. But bet you knew that number already, though. But I decided to let you know one more time. Luke is up first from Birmingham. Hello, Luke. Hey, Mr. Paul, how are you? We are doing great. Thank you for checking in. So I hear Michigan's head coach is about to go to the NFL. So my question for you is, is Brian Kelly really going to leave LSU and go to Michigan? He really is not going to leave because uh, uh, my, it's my understanding that they're going to uh, promote from within. Remember, Coach Moore, who uh, coached about six games for Michigan this year, is very likely to be the choice. I know, I know Brian Kelly's name has been mentioned for that job, but I don't think there is going to be an opening. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's check in with Frank, who is up next. Uh, hey, Frank. Hey, Paul. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Paul. I've been here, I don't have a tire, get my tire fixed right now. And everybody keeps on uh, talking about Coach Moore on how bad he's going to do. Yeah, what but, do you think, Frank? How about, I, don't, I think he's going to do a real good job. I would, you know, roll tide. Roll tide. So why has everybody keeps on downgrading this man? Well, first of all, Frank, I don't think anybody's downgrading the man. I mean, he's uh, got a great reputation, uh, other than the fact that he's lost what Three of his best players before he's even you know, been able to get a uh, banana to go from green to ripe. Uh, I mean, it's no big deal. Nothing to panic about. Alabama's Alabama, aren't they? You're doing straight, yes, sir. Yeah, you, you're right. Oh. What do you say? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I mean, when in doubt, Roll Tide. I mean, Roll Tide is, is uh, I mean, there's penicillin. 
there's there's, a, there's vaccines for everything imaginable. Is there a vaccine, though, my question, for losing a bunch of good players? <laughs> Roll Tide. Roll Tide is the XLR that, that will make everything. It's the antidote for every bad thing that can ever happen. If things are going against you, what do you do? Roll Tide, Roll tide is the answer. John is up next. Roll Tide, John. Hey, real tight. Hey, the uh, medication is a shot of bourbon, just letting you know on that. Randy's, Randy's here today, so there's plenty of bourbon to go around. <laughs> He'll drink to that. Hey, yesterday you had a lot of serious callers with serious uh, oh, issues. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, uh, I, John, help me with something, will you? I, yeah. I am pretty much perfectly healthy right now in my life. I don't have any problems. Uh, you know, everybody went through whatever they went through around Christmas with all the RSVs, and I mean, I... But, but that's over. I, I feel great today. And, I, and you know what? I feel guilty for feeling good. I, I'm the same way. And I felt like Dr. Laura yesterday. <laughs> Remember her? It was. It was take good. on the yeah, day. Yeah. Dr. Laura, Except Dr. Phil, the, uh, Judge Judy. Uh, I mean, I felt like I was all the uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah, the, there were physical, emotional, and mental ills, no doubt about it. Um, eulogies continue to pour in for um, Nick Saban, but my gosh, he's not dead. And then I thought it was epic that SEC uh, fans are angry at Ohio State for doing what SEC teams do in the uh, NIL. It was, oh, I hate, I hate of, Ohio uh, State, by the way. I mean, they have no, they have a lot of nerve taking our good players. <laughs> Elliot knows that. I mean, by the and way, did, did Ohio State realize that it doesn't matter – how many players they get, they're still going to choke in, in the big game? Yeah, lose to Michigan. Well, they got that or, new great Oh, hey, forget Michigan. What about Georgia? Yeah. No. And on a positive note, I think uh, our number one caller, Legends, progressing through his 12-step recovery program. Uh, but you know what step number 12 is, right? Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never gotten that far in the program. <laughs> well, He's got to uh, gather up and uh, take down all the uh, Nick Saban memorabilia oh, yeah, and fat uh, head. heads and then, yeah. then move ahead. Yeah. So, Paul, I, um, I want to get your input on the uh, NFL games last week, what you thought, and then uh, who you think is going to be the final two. And on a personal basis, uh, I would love not to see Taylor Swift and Mama Kelsey anymore. And I think it'd be kind of cool if Jack Harbaugh had. Yeah, I had uh, this, this question though, John, and I'll try yeah. to say it without uh, without upsetting anyone in my family or your family. But when you're Taylor Swift and you see your future brother-in-law do what? Uh, what's Kelsey's first name? Uh, Jason Kelsey did. Travis or Jason? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and. How many, of, how many of all of us, you, Randy, me, the whole, I mean, I'm, I'm including myself in this, because how many saw our, our own brother or sister-in-law in that moment? Uh, never. I mean, unless it was where, uh, where a fraternity party. I, I mean, poor Taylor, she's dating this guy. It's the first non, I mean, I don't want to say the guy's normal because he's still making $12 million a year and he's, he's famous. But he's not like an actor or another musician. That's pretty much. Uh, I, I I actually had lunch one day with somebody that Taylor Swift once dated, and it's a long story, and I'm going to keep it private. Uh, but it was about seven or eight years ago, and I was in California, and the guy I, I said I, I, it was about six of us, 
And, and when the guy went to, to wash up, and I, I said, I think he's dating somebody famous. And he, at the time, he, he had just broken up with Taylor Swift. So, so she, and this guy was part of a pretty famous family. She's never dated just a normal Joe before, and that's what she's got in the Kelsey brothers. But, you know, Travis seems like a nice guy, but his brother seems like a meathead, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to see that guy across the table at Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll take a short break. We have a lot to do, and we are coming right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com Paul. That's HIMSS.com Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. And there is a headline uh, that brought uh, great joy to many, many people in the SEC around the, around the college football and pro football world, but especially in Kentucky where Tim Couch was recently selected to the college football Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the greatest high school players ever. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, he was the first player chosen in the NFL draft. And uh, Tim, thank you for making time. And I, I know you've had so many honors, uh, but uh, this one has to really be special. Congratulations. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be on with you today. And yeah, this, this is tr a tremendous honor and, uh, you know, just truly humble, truly blessed to, to be selected to the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously very thankful for uh, my teammates at uh, University of Kentucky, the great coaches I had, Hal Mummy, uh, the late Mike Leach, um, just had so many great people around me that helped me get to where I'm at today. And uh, like I said, just truly humbled and honored by the uh, by the selection. You know, when you when you receive an honor like that, I, I'm sure a, a lot of things go through your, your mind, but uh, I want you to tell us about it. But I'm sure for your family and, and close friends, uh, I mean, it's important to you, but, but what is it like, and I know you'll have this moment a few months from now when, when you're inducted, but uh, what is it like to get that call and then to share it with your, your closest uh, loved ones? 
Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable moment. You know, I've been waiting on it for for several years. I've been on the finals list, and um, you know, didn't didn't make it for several years. And obviously, it's a very tough thing to get uh, selected to. So it's I had to be patient and wait my time. And you know, I thought that hopefully the honor would come at, at some point. But my family did a very good job of surprising me. Uh, you know, they um, we were having just a family dinner. My brother came over, my mother, his my brother's kids, and uh, we we're just hanging out having dinner. And all of a sudden, they hand me an envelope and asked me to read it. And um, it, it certainly caught me off guard. And but it was a great moment for me and my family. Uh, we all just got to celebrate that together that night. And um, it was, um, you know, a lot of emotions hit you when, when you read that letter that says, welcome to the College Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, for me, I just thought back about all the hard work that I put in and just very grateful for the teammates that I had at the time at, at Kentucky, the Craig Yeast and Anthony White and the, and the great players that I was able to play with. So just, just thankful for, for for those guys, thankful for the, uh, for the coaches and, and the, the fans and the University of Kentucky, everyone that was been that has been so supportive of me throughout my career and uh, you know it was just an awesome moment for me and my family Tim I want to go back in time because I, I distinctly remember when you committed uh, to, to Kentucky everybody was waiting for it and, and I I knew what, what a great player you were but I, I found a list that I was my, I, my mind was blown by it uh, it was on ESPN a number of years ago they, they ranked the the greatest high school players of all time I'm going to give you a couple of the people that did not make the top 10 uh, let me start with uh, Danny Ainge, Kobe Bryant, uh, just a number of other uh, outstanding uh, people. The uh, among among the people that uh, that Jim Ryan, the great uh, track star, was number one. Tiger Woods was second. LeBron James, Lou Alcindor, ahead of Wilt Chamberlain and Connie Hawkins. You said at number six among the greatest high school athletes of all time. I, I, don't, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about, I mean, you don't get to college unless you're a great high school athlete at any college. Um, I mean, I know you don't probably have time to think about your, your high school days, but uh, that had to be quite a time for you, wasn't it? It was. It was an unbelievable time. You know, we, we were able to break a lot of uh, national passing records when I was in high school. I think when I graduated, I had the most yards, touchdowns, and completion percentage uh, in the history of high school football. So we we were able to do a lot of great things. And um, you know, I also recently my um, my high school just uh, just just informed me a few weeks ago they're actually building a statue uh, of me back there at my high school. So I'm, um, I'm great grateful for that, honored by that. So it's been it's been a really good few weeks with with the statue announcement and and the college football hall of fame so uh, it was it, it was a lot of fun back in high school i just remember the crowds um you know the the word had kind of you know uh, built up around kentucky around eastern kentucky where i'm from so every friday night when we would go to play somewhere the the stadium was full it was standing room only and um you know it's just just something i look back on with a lot of fond memories those friday night lights getting a chance to go out and play you know with your best friends that you grew up at uh, grew up with all through elementary school now you're playing ball with in high school it was just an awesome time for me and my friends to, to experience that Tim, to say the least, when you're that good, you can go anywhere you want. Uh, what kept you home uh, in Kentucky? Yeah, you know, it was it was probably my my family, you know, because I'd originally uh, verbally committed to Tennessee. You know, I grew up very close to Knoxville, uh, just as close to Knoxville as I did to Lexington. So, um, you know, I grew up watching Tennessee football, and um, you know, Tennessee was very very good at that time. Kentucky was struggling, and and more importantly, Kentucky was running an offense that didn't suit me at all. Obviously, I was a pocket passer, and Kentucky at the time, Bill Curry was the head coach, and they were running an option offense. So, I didn't really see the fit, but my dad uh, really pushed me in that direction to go to Kentucky. And, uh, you know, just very thankful that it worked out the way it did. And you, you, you had quite a run there. Uh, I distinctly remember many of the games, including an upset 
uh, over Alabama, which had to be uh, very sweet uh, anytime uh, during that era, or any era for that matter. So then you, you graduate and you get out of there and uh, you're the number one player taken. Again, just another one of those milestones that, that never leaves you. What was that night like? Oh, that, that was unbelievable. You know, that's one of those moments that you'll never forget, you know, growing up and, you know, playing football, you just never really even think about being the number one pick in the draft. Obviously, I had dreams of going to the NFL and being an NFL quarterback, but never going into the league as the number one pick. That's just something that's just so far fetched that you can't even imagine it. So, you know, once um, once the season was over and I knew I had a great opportunity to go number one and had some really good workouts for the Browns uh, before the draft and had a pretty good feeling they were going to take me. And it was a huge honor to go to Cleveland that year. Cleveland was just coming back into the NFL as an expansion team in 1999. So making me the first player they ever drafted in their new franchise was a was a huge honor. And I got a great experience there. It was, it was, it was a tough road. You know, playing on an expansion team is, uh, is rough on the body. You know, it took some hits, took a lot of sacks. But, you know, I look back on it with, with great, uh, great fondness. Had, had an opportunity to be a franchise quarterback for an NFL team and and uh, took that team to the playoffs in my my fourth year. So very, very happy about some of the things I was able to do there. Just, just really had a lot of injuries that piled up on me and uh, just uh, kind of made my career inconsistent and cut it cut it very short talking to Tim Couch uh, one of the newest members of the the College Football Hall of Fame Tim I, I say all this because uh, we've pretty well established uh, how unique you were uh, I wonder as you watch the current game uh, and, and we see everything that's going on uh, with the transfer portal and NIL uh, you know what are your thoughts uh, I mean you're not that far removed from from where the game is today, but uh, in terms of the reality of, of the days that you play versus today, it, it is night and day. It is night and day. Yes, it's a totally different game, you know, and I know it's very stressful, you know, especially on the coaches, you know, because you got to recruit your own kids at the end of the year to keep them on campus while you go out and recruit the portal and, uh, you know, try to try to get everyone in. So it's a very different game. It's very different than what I played in. And uh, but I'm happy the guys are getting paid. You know, it's long overdue, uh, you know, but hopefully they can get it kind of going in the right direction and kind of get uh, this thing structured a little better because it seem it does seem like it's a little bit out of control right now with the money a lot of these guys are getting and the ability to transfer multiple times. So hopefully they can get that under control a little bit and, and uh, kind of get that going in the right direction. Let me uh, hit Kentucky before you go, because uh, there, there has been so much uh, happening. And, and you know, Mark Stoops is uh, one of the most tenured. Uh, is, he the, is he now the most tenured? I'm trying to think. Chris. I'm, I'm trying to I adjust. Think he is now yeah, he is the most tenured coach so, yeah. in the SEC. I mean, that is remarkable that Kentucky has been this consistent for so long. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's one thing about Kentucky football is over the years, you know, they've had some good runs. It's been kind of up and kind of down, uh, really inconsistent. But Coach Stoops has really leveled the playing field for us and made us a very consistent, respected football team over the last 10, 12 years that he's been here. Uh, you know, going to bowl games consistently, winning bowl games, putting guys into the NFL, uh, recruiting at a high level, developing guys. Uh, he, he does a phenomenal job, him and his staff. They they really do. And um, they, they've got some good players in the NFL right now. They've got, uh, they, like I said, they do a great Great job in recruiting and it's just it's fun to be a Kentucky football fan right now because you know they've they've always got a chance to uh, be competitive week in and week out and uh, you know we've won 10 games a, a few times with, with coach Stoops and and won some big bowl games so it's been it's been a great run having him here and uh, we hope we can keep him here for a long time. I know you're involved uh, you know in, in the financial world but uh, I also have seen you uh, often at, at Kentucky games I mean what's it like to Kind of be on the other side. I mean, you're, you're certainly not your average fan being one of the most famous players uh, to ever play in the SEC, but uh, I know you keep up with it very closely. Is it, what's it like to uh, be a little older and to watch these young guys? 
Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I really hadn't had the opportunity to go to games as, a, as just a fan for a while because when I got out of the NFL, I went right into broadcasting. Uh, so I was doing, I was working for Fox Sports South doing their SEC package. And then I did some work for the Browns. I was calling their preseason game. So really every time I went to a football game, I was either playing or working. So, you know, over the last few years, I've been able to go as just a fan. And it's been so much fun, you know, to go with my family and, and tailgate and take in the whole experience, which everyone loves about SEC football and go to some of the away game to see some of the other um you know venues that you know when i was a player i didn't see anything but you know the you know the tunnel and, and the stadium you know it's about all you see when you pull in with the buses so didn't really get a chance to get the whole experience of um of what it's like at some of the other schools in the sec as well so it's, it's been a lot of fun really enjoying going to the games i've got two boys now that are i've got a senior in high school that uh is going to have an opportunity to play college football as well he's got several offers we've got an eighth grade son also, so I'm following them around and, and going to UK games on the weekend. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, Tim, uh, we're we're thrilled to have you on. It's it's always just magical to uh, think back to your career and to see see you whenever we can. Uh, congratulations on the hall, and I know this year will be a lot of fun getting ready for that. I appreciate you having me on, Paul. It's always good to see you. Thank you very much, Thanks. Tim Couch, the one and only. Uh, just a, a mesmerizing career in high school and college, and with the Cleveland Browns now about to be a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. We'll take a short break. Your phone calls are around the corner. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And we are back. Uh, great conversation with Tim Couch. Let's get back to our phone calls now. And Swam Dog is up next. Good afternoon. Hello, Mr. Paul. How you doing? Hey there, Swamp. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, I'm sorry to inform you, there's another disease in the, among the SEC callers. What's that? You know, we identified Pepinitis with I mean, remember? Oh, that's right, yeah. Now, yes, a legend has non Pepinitis. He's about to become I Man. It's a spinoff of the Pepinitis disease. All he does now, and all he will do is try to find cracks in George's armor. For some reason, Swamp, we are struggling to get your connection correct, so maybe we can get you back on the air and uh, make it better. I know this guy has a good connection. Bash. Bash, Brother Paul, what's going on? Bash. 
Hey, uh, big shout out to Swamp Dog. I always like his calls. Um, you know, I was thinking, Paul, and back me up on this. Swamp Dog sounds like a great name as a name for a caller, but don't you think it's a better name for Trevor Etienne? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, he is now a dog. And he used to be in the swamp. I'm right. like, that's the perfect name. I honestly think whoever Swamp Dog's real name is, he should just lend it to Trevor. But on that, on, let me just put that on the side, Paul. I wanted to talk to you about um, women's basketball going on lately. Have you been checking out the, the rankings that just came out yesterday? Oh, sure. What do you think? Who is your early favorite as we stand as the fair to win the national championship as we as we currently are uh, south carolina is that just because they're in the sec poll no or that's just because they have the best team in the country and the best year? coach that's why okay i agree they do have the best coach and are the number one team but i think also there needs to be a credit for is my uh colorado buffaloes over the weekend we unfortunately lost the game and we knew hey, that hey, when the hey, Swan, out, Before you go on to waste another second, uh, Randy, do you care about the Colorado Buffaloes women's team? No. Nobody else does either. They're the number three team yeah, in the here's nation. What, here's what, I need, here's what you need to do, Bash. A, I'll give you the number of the Denver Collins show. Call it now. Brad is up next <laughs> in Macon, Georgia. Hello, Brad. Mr. Paul, how you doing, brother? We are doing better now. Bash, man, he's comical, comical. But hey, man, um, I saw Mel Kiper's 1.0 mock draft came out, and guess who? Guess what? Two teams produce going to his draft list the most picks in the first round. Equal uh, I'm guessing Georgia and uh, Alabama. That is correct. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. It's Georgia and Alabama, and. They had um, they had Turner going, McKinstry and Latham going in the first round, and Brock Bowers, uh, Mims, and Lassiter okay. going in the uh, going in the first round. That's good. But um, I'm just going to say it's a testament to what Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and building their programs, and Nick teaching Kirby the way, and you know all these kids that are coming out of high school. Start looking at lists like that. Look at the teams that are. Well, no, you're, you're, hey, by the way, you're right. Uh, everybody thinks all these other things are, are the most important thing. If you're a 17 year old and you are projected to be a great player, you care where schools produce NFL talent. That is utmost on your mind, whether it should be or not. Mark is up next. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. Hello, Paul. Hey there. Hey, hey, I appreciate you answering my call, sir. Thank you. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say these Alabama fans, fans are getting all upset. I think Coach DeBoer is going to be a good hire. Not to say that, you know, I hate Saban's leaving, but, you know, Coach Saban, he don't owe us anything else. He's, he's, he's got that program right where it needs to be, and I think our offense is going to be better now. We've been looking for a, uh offense coordinator since Sark was there. And – uh I think I think we're going to be just fine with him, and I'm excited for next year. The one I'm worried about is poor Nicole. No one's talking about that. Feeling those shoes that she's got to feel. So well, you know, you know, Mark. Uh, I think to be fair, um, not a lot of people knew about uh, Terry Saban 
when she got there, and, and that's something that just happens. And I would, yes, uh, I, I don't have any issue uh, with that. I mean, that's that's a different set of circumstances. And you know, really, the longer you're in a community, the more invested you are. And, and I think it took a couple of years, even for uh, the Sabins. Uh, it, it took uh, about four years, and and I, and I remember, as many do, exactly what transpired. There was a tragedy, and that's what changed everything. Thank you very much for the call. But I, th I think it's terribly unfair to, uh, to, to talk about the first lady having to follow tough footsteps, uh, shoes as well. That's, uh, that's really weird. I did ask DeBoer about his wife and kids uh, the other day when we talked, and I thought he'd give a, he'd been married 22 years. He's got a daughter that's about to go to college and a sixth grader. The uh, older daughter uh, is a softball star that has already signed with Washington. I don't know whether she'll change her mind or not, but... Uh, I bet, I, bet, I bet they'll have room for her in the portal. Uh, Martel is up next in Tampa. Hello, Martel. Hey, good afternoon, Paul. I have a question for you about Auburn and offenses. So the last two coaches Auburn have hired have been offensive-minded coaches. Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn. Before that, two defensive coaches, Tuberville and Chiswick. Right. Now, with Malzahn and and free they're both offensive minds they came in you know malzahn called plays then he gave them up then he took it back it was just this ping pong back and forth do you see that happening with freeze because i'm just looking at what he did at liberty what he did with malik willis you have a similar quarterback with robbie ashford who left what are your thoughts with y'all yeah um, coming into Martin, this? one thing i've always learned uh that offensive-minded play callers like to call plays and they, they call them until they can't call them. And I think Freeze probably had too much else on his plate last year, but he's going to call the plays, and I think he should. And you, you should only give that up uh, if you simply can't handle it and, and, and you get a lot of pressure. Like Ryan Day called the plays, and now he's not going to. Why? Because he's under pressure. It, it is time-consuming, but I'd rather have the best play caller call the plays, and I don't have any doubt. Hugh Absolutely. Freeze is the best one. What are your thoughts on defensive coordinator that's coming in? Uh, I thought that was a good decision. Uh, it, it's not uncommon to miss your coordinators right out of the shoot. I, I always use Saban as an example because of the obvious, but Saban essentially replaced both his OC and his DC after year one. Things got better immediately. Thank you for the call. Let's check in with Mary in Birmingham. Hello, Mary. Hey, Paul. I've been doing some thinking, and I was going to talk to you about the transfer portal. Okay. Um, you, you talked about the fact that when a coach leaves, um, players should have the option to leave, too, and I understand that. I was wondering about the possibility of making the transfer portal open at a particular time, say in May, in spring, when you know, maybe things might be less uh, volatile than they are right now, transferring out in um, in May. But also just giving, limiting them from transferring anytime they want to and and after maybe even a two-year commitment. So I was just wanting to know your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, those, those are clearly issues that are in front of uh, the sport right now. And, and I think what's, what you're going to see, Mary, you're going to see, uh, I think the SEC very well may be the leader in that. Well, they, they just institute their own policies. And yeah. 
that can supersede, I believe, I believe this is correct, that, that can supersede the NCAA. Anyway, we are heading to a break. I appreciate the call. Uh, Tim Couch joined us early. We have a number of other guests that will be dropping on by, and we are coming right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. here on a Tuesday afternoon and uh, great to have all of you here. Let's get back to uh, some calls and Jay is up next uh, in Mobile. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hey, Roll Tide, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Roll Tide. First Randy. off, I would like to, I'd like to wel- welcome Coach DeBoer and the coaching staff to T-Town and uh, all my Bama fans out there. We need to get behind them and support them. I really hey, think hey, we got I'm curious about something there, Jay. What does that mean when, when a fan asks everybody else to get behind the coach? Does that mean you're just going to do what? Support them in every way. Well, right now it seems like the main way is giving money to the school so they can buy new players. <laughs> I mean, well, Paul, when the I mean, dust- you, you calling in on a radio show is not going to really matter to the bottom line. It's nice and is better than the yeah, alternative, but yeah. is it going to help them beat Ohio State for players? Uh, Paul, when the dust Roll settles, tag. I really think when the dust settles, I really think we're going to have a good team. And when what? Are, and, and, and Jay, I know I sound like I'm a teacher in third grade, but what does that mean? A good team. Last year, uh, Alabama finished fourth in the country uh, regular season and went to the semifinals. You think you're back in the semifinals next year? Uh, I think we'll be contenders for the SEC championship. Oh, is that the new standard at Alabama? No, come on now, Paul. I'm just trying to. Figure, I'm just trying team. to figure out if you're not if you're not moving if you're not moving the goalposts a little bit right now. Saying, uh, you know, Saban's gone, but you know, we just want to be contenders. We want to be in the conversation, right? All the time. All the time. We want right. to be so if, I, if I asked you, if I asked you on January 23rd, if you had to, they got 16 schools right now in the SEC, you are aware of that, right? Yes, sir. Where would the tide rank if we were ranking next year, number one through 16? Where would, where would Alabama rank? i put them at three. Ooh. Three. We still in the we still in the top portion. You think so? And wh- what do you base that on? Uh, you base that on losing thirty team. players from this team, uh, losing the greatest coach of all time. I, just give him a chance, Paul. Well, I really that, think that he's wasn't going my question. I'm not. It's really not up to me. I already gave him a chance. I had an interview with him the other day. I, don't, I think I, I was pretty nice, don't you? Yes, sir. I say number three. I say put us about. Three, maybe four, five, six, no, three, seven, three. Eight. After Kentucky or before Kentucky? We'll see after that Georgia game what we got. Ahead of Missouri or after Missouri? Mm, I think ahead we'll of Ole Miss or after Ole Miss? I know I sound like an eye doctor here. Better uh, or worse? Three, uh, seven or eight? Nine or ten? Fine or not fine? I got 
I'd put Georgia at one, okay. Ole Miss at two, and Bama at three. So you put Bama ahead of LSU, Texas, and Missouri. Is that correct? Yep. I wouldn't. Roll I put tide, Alabama Paul, ahead of everyone right now. Roll Tide. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jay. We got an Alabama fan here who thinks Alabama's going to start the season third in the SEC. I, I don't want to hear that. Do you, Randy? Alabama is either number one or they don't play. We're not, we're not, we're not in business to be, we're not, I mean, Alabama fans don't go around town going, we're number, we're number three. No. Yeah. Get, get Saban back. Tell him, tell him we're not accepting his resignation. Get back in there and do your job like we, like we're paying you. Pruitt is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, War Eagle Paul, how are you doing? War Eagle. Uh, I just want to let you know, first off, Auburn is up and Bama is down after hearing Jay from Mobile talk there in shambles. I've never heard a Bama team say, or Bama fan say that they're number three in the SEC. That is a new one on me. Even when Alabama yeah. had Mike Shula as the coach, Bama fans still talked like they own the league. I agree. I don't want to hear um, this for number wanted, three. I wanted to come in and uh, pick your brain on the Auburn-Bama basketball game tomorrow night and wonder why uh, ESPN has Auburn as two-point underdogs. Well, let me ex- uh, every time I explain the line, I'm wrong, but uh, nobody, nobody makes anybody anything. Uh, a line is, is, is put up in Vegas by, by a group of people that are never seen, and then people bet the line. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perception of where the I money agree. is right I mean, now. I agree, so. I agree but... Uh, what do you think the line – what's your prediction on the game tomorrow? Because uh, Bama, they've got this transfer in Grant Nelson who hasn't done anything. I, I, th- I think uh, Auburn right now is guy. playing better than anybody in the SEC. I completely agree. Why are SEC teams still ranked ahead of Auburn, though? Um, Auburn, well, not I mean, Auburn, Auburn uh, I think, struggled a little bit early on. Um, but remember, uh, how many teams have won at Alabama in the last couple of years? Uh, last one I can remember – or. I think I Oklahoma, say, uh, won. Oklahoma won there last year, didn't they? Clemson won there this year. Oh, Clemson won there this year? I haven't been following. And then Auburn won and Coleman two years ago. I've been in mourning after Coach Saban retired, so I haven't, I haven't been able to watch anything on TV other than – I understand, but uh, I just want to let you know that uh, all the fans out there, Auburn is up and Bama's down. War Eagle, Paul. War Eagle. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I will never do – I'm not going to drink anymore before the show. It just makes me very uneven. Uh, I mean, I only had a martini. What's the big deal? I mean, two martinis, or maybe it was three. Uh, Frank is up next in San Antonio. Hello, Frank. Hey, Paul. Great show. I want to tell you that. So now that my Longhorns are coming to the SEC, I'm going to start calling in a little more often. Oh, good. Um, we, need, we need you. Your comments, I, your comments, I think, on Alabama for next year are pretty good. I think Alabama's going to be probably a five, six, or seven at the best in the SEC next year. I was going to ask you on your pecking order. This is the way I have it at this point. I think the best team clearly above everybody is going to be Georgia. Then I think there's going to be a second tier. And I think that second tier is going to have Ole Miss, Missouri, Texas. And then I think at the third tier, you're going to have Alabama, Texas A&M and those teams, and I just wanted to see what your opinions are. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think I think I think Georgia think starts the season starts the season as a team to beat in the SEC. But I, but I, I will uh, 
I, I, it, it, first of all, I, I think it's a bad idea to make a prediction in January until everything settles out. I still don't know enough about Alabama to even make a call. Uh, the portal's still open. They could, they could get players. They could lose more players. They can get players in a couple of months. Uh, but right now, Alabama is a complete incomplete. Uh, if, if there's such a I thing. agree with that. And last Thanks. question so, uh, I had. But I think I think I Missouri Missouri is a team I'm really intrigued by. That Missouri, Ole Miss, and Texas are clearly at the next group, and Alabama can go up. What if Alabama loses its quarterback? Yeah, that's true. If the Alabama loses had, you another key uh, component. I mean, Alabama's lost. People can lack can. I mean, Alabama has lost a great deal right now. So let's uh, let's see what they can replace. Thaddeus Bullard, Titus O'Neill. Yeah, he's a gator. He's next. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.